Welcome to the Making Fitness Funner podcast with your host, Masters in Exercise Science and Minor in Reality, William Mitchell. Hello and welcome to this week's edition of the Making Fitness Funner podcast. Last week, we started a series on sleep. We looked at how much sleep you need and some good reasons for why you need it. We came to the conclusion you kind of need eight hours of sleep every night. And most of us just don't get eight hours of sleep every night, which is kind of fascinating to me because almost everyone that I've ever met likes to sleep. I mean, it's just wonderful. You get in a nice bed and curl up and everything about it. It's just a, a positive experience. Yet, if something's got to go, if you've got a busy day or something's got to give, sleep seems to be the first thing that we cut out because it seems like it's non-productive. We're not actually doing anything. So if something's got to go, we're going to give up sleep, which is probably one of the worst decisions we could possibly make. So last week we looked at some ideas of just general why you need more sleep. We're going to go in a little bit more into depth in what happens inside your brain when you sleep and when you don't sleep. When we're awake, the brain uses about 20 to 25 percent of all the energy that's going through our body. It uses a lot of energy, but when you use a lot of energy, it produces a lot of waste products. It's kind of like when you have a party at your house, you don't spend a lot of time cleaning up during the party and things just get messier and messier and messier. And that's what happens in your brain during the day. These toxins build up in your brain and you really don't take a lot of time to clean them out. One of the big things that cleans out the brain is called cerebrospinal fluid. Whenever you're asleep, it flows through the brain like crazy. When you're awake, it barely moves. It's two to three hundred percent more efficient when you're asleep than when you're awake. And what happens, this cerebrospinal fluid is produced in the very middle of the brain or close to the middle of the brain, and it flows outward through the brain and it basically washes your brain. You're getting brainwashed at night. So as it flows out through the brain tissue, it picks up the gunk that's been produced in the brain while you're awake and flushes it out. One of the big things that it gets rid of are called beta amyloids. Beta amyloids have been strongly linked to Alzheimer's disease. So when you're awake, you're producing a lot of the beta amyloids. Whenever you're asleep, you're producing very few beta amyloids and you're washing them away. If you don't get a full night's sleep, you don't get enough time to wash out all that, there's some of the garbage can stays there. And after a while, it starts to form plaques and it hardens and that interferes with your ability to recall. And speaking of recall, your brain also works on memory while you're asleep. When you're awake, your brain is taking in thousands and thousands and thousands of bits of information every second. And it decides what's important and what's not important. And basically what's important, it puts it into a very short-term memory. I, I am a visual person. I imagine it's like it's making little sticky notes and putting them everywhere. So it's got this little thing that you remembered here and this little thing that you remembered here and this little thing you remembered here. And it's just covered with sticky notes because it doesn't have time. It's busy taking in all this information. So it takes all this information and it just sticks it anywhere it can. When you go to sleep, you're not taking in all this information. So your brain stays very active when you're asleep. So it goes through and starts looking at this sticky note and it says, oh, well, this needs to be filed over here. And it 
puts it in that area. And this needs to be filed over here. This needs to be filed over here. This is really garbage. It doesn't need to be filed at all. So it goes through and it decides where all this stuff is or where all this stuff needs to go. It's also interesting that it seems that during your deep sleep periods, when you're not dreaming, that's whenever you're reinforcing the um, new things you've learned that are that are new bits of information. Whenever you're actually dreaming during your rapid eye movement sleep, that's whenever you're reinforcing things that you've learned that involve muscle memory, um, like playing a violin or um, learning to ride a bicycle or something along those lines. But those things are reinforced. And it seems that what happens is your hippocampus, which is where the short term, where all the big stack of sticky notes is, that's your desktop. The hippocampus sends a message to your cortex. That's the, the long term memory. That's your hard drive. It sends a message out to there and tells it where to store it. Well, you know that if I tell you something one time, it's hard to remember it. But if you repeat it over and over and over, then you're much more likely to remember it. What happens once it gets to the cortex, the cortex very, very rapidly repeats the new memory over and over and over and over hundreds of times until it is cemented into place so that your body knows where it is, what it is, and everything. It is vitally important that you have enough sleep before you learn something to be able to make the sticky notes and after you learn something to be able to put all this information into its correct place and file it the way it's supposed to be. Another thing that happens whenever you're asleep is that your fight or flight response area, the amygdala, it talks to the prefrontal cortex, your rational spot. And the amygdala is like, oh my gosh, I'm pretty sure there's a bear in the closet. And the frontal cortex, eh, there's probably not a bear in the closet. You need to calm down a little bit. So what it does is it puts, a, puts the brakes on the fight or flight response, the, the over panicked part of your brain. When you don't have enough time for them to communicate, and I know I'm oversimplifying this, and, and any of you that are in neuroscience out there are going to just hate me for it, but during time that the prefrontal cortex is telling the amygdala to just calm down a little bit, it's not that bad, you're putting the brakes on the system. If you don't have enough time for that, you're just mashing the gas wide open, which is why, I mean, we all know that if you've had a night that you've had a lot less sleep, you're a little shorter tempered, you're a little grouchier with people. And that's because you haven't had the time to bring those emotions back down and back under control. So this leaves at the same place we were last week. We know that sleep's important, but how do we get more sleep? First thing we want to do is we've got to make sure that sleep is a priority. You've got to schedule out the time if it's at all possible. Last week we talked about the probably most sleep deprived people on the earth, parents of young children. But one thing to remember is we all have our circadian patterns. Some of us are night owls. You want to stay up all night and sleep till noon. Some of you want to go to bed when the sun goes down and get up before the sun comes up. You're the larks. Usually those two people marry each other. Well, if you're the owl, say, hey, I'll take care of the baby the first half of the night. You're the lark. You take care of the baby the second half of the night. There are ways you can work around this. Sleep tips for today. First one, make your bed mainly for sleeping. I'm not going to go any other places, but you know, don't keep a TV in your room and lay there and watch TV all the time because you want your body to associate being in bed with going to sleep, not with being alert and watching a TV show or watching your, the latest thriller movie that you've got and it gets you all excited. Along those same lines, 
if you are having trouble sleeping, if you've been lying in bed for more than 25 minutes, get up, go get a drink of water, maybe read a few minutes in a book, do something to calm back down, and then try lying down again. But you don't want your body to associate being in bed with not sleeping. Probably the biggest one in our society, and I will say this a million times probably, is we've got to turn off our phones, our screens. No screen time within an hour of going to bed if you have difficulty sleeping. The light from those helps to reset your biological clock and pushes everything back to where you're really just not going to go to sleep for a couple hours. So any kind of a screen, your tablet, your phone, your TV, whatever, it's a no-no within an hour before you intend to go to sleep. One other thing to add, I'm recording this the week before Thanksgiving. I don't know when you're going to listen to it, but if you spend time being thankful Listing the things you're thankful for and doing just a little gratitude meditation, that will help you get to sleep better also. In conclusion, we need to make sleep a priority. Schedule it in, just like it's a business meeting. Schedule in your eight hours of sleep a night. If you have difficulty going to sleep, no screens within an hour before you go to bed. Make sure that you use your bed as a place to sleep so your body gets used to that. And count your blessings. That's all for this week's episode, discussing how your brain is affected by sleep or lack of sleep. Join us next week and we'll discuss how your body is affected by sleep or the lack thereof. I hope you've enjoyed this episode. If I've said anything that you thought was enjoyable or worth sharing, please refer this to a friend so that they can have more fun in their fitness journey. Also, please remember to subscribe and like the podcast. As always, I'd like to thank One Accord for the bumper music and Paul Sink for the great intro work. And I hope you'll join us next week as we try to make fitness funner.